Hi, welcome all. Uh, we are very happy that Binduji has kindly consented to start uh, Chandogya Upanishad. Uh, it was supposed to be started on 18th, uh, but due to some, uh, I think uh, Binduji was not comfortable. So today we, we are beginning with uh, Chandogya Upanishad as in the series of entire Upanishads, Chandogya and Brahadaranaka are two wonderful Upanishads, but little big compared to the all other uh, Upanishads. But you have so much of uh, wisdom in this Upanishad you can carry. It's going to be a brilliant uh, sessions by Bindoji. Actually, I wanted, I requested Bindoji to start this Upanishad uh, from the first uh, topic itself, but Shrini suggested that no, no, at least uh, Binduji can start from the sixth because even the rest of the Upanishad is so huge and it takes very, very long time. But okay, today Binduji has you know, consented to start the Chandogya from the sixth uh, chapter of uh, this Upanishad because the first five will be in general dealt with the upasanas so what is more uh, the creamy uh, that part is bindos is going to start i'm very happy because many people were waiting for your session uh, yes bindoji please please start uh, the session thank you thank you one and all thank you jadavidji <laughs> नमो ब्रह्मा दिव्यो ब्रह्म विद्या संप्रदाय कर्तृभ्यो वंश ऋषिभ्यो महद्भ्यो नमो गुरुभ्यः शंकरं शंकराचार्यं केशवं बादरायणं सूत्रभाष्यकृतौ वन्दे भगवन्तौ पुनः पुनः ईश्वरो गुरुरात्मीति मूर्तिभेद विभागिने व्योमवत् व्याप्त देहाय दक्षिणामूर्तये नमः ओम नमस्मत्श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः वेलकम ऑल we are going to start one more Upanishad after having completed the Kata Upanishad, the Kena Upanishad, the Muntaka and the Mandukya. So this is the fifth in the series, but not as per the order in which the, the traditional teaching is done where it is much more in from the Isha Kena Kata Prasna, like that they start. The reason why I am following a different order is because first, this is not a traditional school where the background of all students are at par and they can understand everything. We have a widespread audience or listeners who are of Indian background and non-Indian background. So keeping both in mind, I am introducing the subjects in the Upanishads in a fashion that not only develops the interest in the listeners, but also the thought process is taken by handholding into the details of it stage by stage. So the Kathopanishad was the introduction where in the form of a story or a dialogue, we had that Nachiketas and Yama, the student and the teacher, 
and there we dealt with the introduction of the subject what is the atma then we went into kenopanishad where there was no teacher student type of a story type it was direct a dialogue between a teacher and the disciple into the subject without any you know the parallelity of a story built story built around that dialogues so the direct question was kenesitam padadi prekshitam what makes this mind work from that onwards there the subject was more serious and direct answers to the questions which a seeker of truth should be asking having dealt with these two upanishad i embarked upon the muntaka upanishad because there there is a particular statement in the upanishad which is very interesting for all of us yatnyatva sarvamidam vitnyatam bhavati teach me that one knowledge knowing which everything will be known that that the totality will be known that was the subject or the topic which was there in the mukta upanishad and it dealt with both the para and apara vidya that is para vidya is about the atma and apara vidya was about the the other than atma whatever is recorded in the vedas and the vedangas and then we knew that pariksha lokan karma chitan those who having tried all means of karma activities in the vedic period they came to a conclusion and developed a detachment nirveda maya what nasti akrata kritena the akrataha or the the cause which is not an effect can never be achieved by reverse engineering by going from the kaliya to the karana we cannot reverse engineer in the case of a in the case of a distinct therefore nasti akrata kritena cannot be done by the karmas that you cannot reverse engineer the creation to know the source of creation so that was the theme in the muntaka upanishad so having understood the fundamentals of atma then the detail intrinsic way in which kenopanishad dealt with and the way in which mundaga dealt as the, what are the two different knowledges out of which the paravidya when it is known everything is known ene acharam adhigamyate with which the the aksharam means with the immortal is attained or even when if you look at the word acharam as alphabets beyond the words where you reach to the stage where words cannot express but its existence is immediate and intrinsic and direct so we all got a basic idea as to what we are or where we are heading to that is the time when i decided to take the mantukya karika mantukya with the karika to directly take all of us to that realm of awareness or chit 
that 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 aspect of atma out of the satchitananda sat chit and ananda are the three thing inter you know what you call the indicative words for atma even though the word atma is known to everyone but nobody can comprehend it because it is beyond words yat manasana manute yena hur manomatam so that which is beyond the concepts is what is the atma which is the vedanta talks about sat chit and ananda are the indicative words towards that sat is existent chit is consciousness ananda is the bliss or unadulated or uncontaminated happiness when nothing else is disturbing you so the conscious aspect is easy for us to understand because we all have the faculty of understanding so i thought the mandukya upanishad and the karika when we take i can take you to the first aspect of the indicatory word the chit or the chaitanya or the chit shakti or the consciousness which is present in everything i am atma brahma sarvam atma eva so that is how the mandukya om ityeda daksharam idam sarvam tasyopavyakyanam bhutam bhavit bhavishyati sarvam ongkara eva ஒன்லி as an individual but as a part of the world where sarvam in the world everything in the world is also in the realm of consciousness or the substratum of the consciousness with which everything appears in the awareness and the consciousness is the theme in with which mandukya and akarika dealt with then we have now left with two subjects of where two topics of indicative words is one is the sat and the other is ananda the advantage of taking chandokya was that even though it is a very big upanishad the beauty of chandokya is that it deals both the aspects of animate and inanimate or the the sense that saguna and nirguna with qualities and without qualities of this aspect of sat this is how the chandogya upanishad is dealing with it and the ananda upanishad ananda part is dealt even in the chandogya even there in the, it is there in the in the brahmatarinya it is there more in the taitiriya so ananda aspect will be get completed not in by one upanishad we when we need to study all the 10 upanishads you will need you will get the pure full aspect of ananda because in, even though predominantly taitriya has got a brahmana called ananda brahmana but other that 
will still not lead us to know what is that ananda which we are talking about in the upanishad so let us understand how does the vedanta darshana or the upanishadic teachings how does it become a cogent teaching it means it, it has got topics which are arranged in a systematic manner which i was now discussing till now but if you look at the traditional way in which they they approach this teaching is they talk about the individual that the jeeva swarupam which which is the who am i aspect this aspect is dealt by the upanishad none of the other teachings whichever text you take from any part of the whether it is the science philosophy or a place you will find that the detailed analysis or the detailed study of who am i and the answer to who am i is dealt only in upanishad in to such an extent that it has not left any stone unturned so the jeeva swarupa is one of the six aspects of the upanishadic teaching the second is the not only the jeeva jeeva is part of the jagat or the world the individual is part of the world so when the individual is un, is dealt with it cannot be dealt in isolation because it is a part of a world also because the world includes the individuals so the jagat swarupam what is the cosmology or what is the nature in which what is this world just as we ask who am i what is this world is the second aspect with the upanishad deal with it is not only dealing with what is the 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 atma aspect but it also gives an explanation as to what is the jagat swarupa or the, what is the nature of the world so we will see that when we are explaining sarvam kaluidam brahma when that word is being taken we will know this aspect why it is there and that is detailed in the sixth chapter so our concentration for the chaisavasya will be the sixth chapter followed by then we will take the seventh chapter and then later i'll take the eighth chapter with which the 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 philosophical aspects of the chantogya upanishad will give the completion the third aspect in the sixth is the ishvara swarupam jeeva jagat ishvara these are the trimurti three pillars you know the ishvara swarupam or the what is god or who is god what is the nature of god is there something called the god whether the god exists or not all these things are dealt in the upanishad to know the, the real name or the real meaning of the word god only if you study upanishad you will get to know the meaning of god there is definition of the god in all religions all books which they believe it but they do not define what is gold uh, what is god or what is its nature how is he related with me or with the world is he a controller is he outside is he a is he a merciless person he is a merciful person 
if he's a merciful person how can he create disparities in the world all these questions becomes not clear in any of those books if you look at it they there is the word god and the description of god or the the rules and regulations laid down based on what is called as a god in all the textbooks but the nature of god and what it is and how does it matter to me is never dealt in any one of those books whereas upanishad tells what is ishvara swarupam or what is that you can call or designate as ishvara this is the fourth aspect the, the third aspect jeeva jagat and ishvara now we have three more thing which is that one is the the tie up between the individual and the world and the world and the ishvara there is a bondage is the bondage real is the bondage permanent is there a way that why am i feeling the pain and pleasure of life what is the struggle in life this is all called the bandha suruvam or the nature of bondage the nature of bondage only when we know the nature of bondage we can be free from bondage because everybody by nature likes freedom there is no living being which will not like freedom whether it is a bird or an animal or a human being even plants they want freedom if the their sunlight is obstructed or their growth is obstructed they will find out a way to grow so the freedom to move, grow or freedom to experience the world is inborn in every living being but there are restrictions to it these restrictions are called the bondage or the struggle which we face and within that the religion has brought you know ethics and morality etc all those things there were those things are all coming under the bondage <clears throat> you may call it as ethics morality and all but even morality and ethics as per the upanishadic approach is part of the limitations of the individual in relationship with the world are we really limited one individual or is there a way i can be free from that the state of freedom which is explained in the fifth point in the upanishad is what is called the moksha swarupam the nature of freedom i don't think in any book you can find the perfect definition of freedom that freedom which removes all type of bondages not even an addiction to the pleasures and pay, pleasures of the heaven or any other means in which you can be you know get caught into the total absolute unadulterated freedom is only spoken in the upanishad that is why the moksha swarupam of the upanishad is totally different from 
what the puranas and the other religious texts are mentioning about there you will find that the what they call it as moksha swarupam is a state and all states are you have a beginning and whatever has a beginning has an end so there is no way a unlimited eternal freedom or moksha swarupam is guaranteed by any religion or any book other than the upanishad and the sixth pillar of the upanishad in that condition is that it not only talks about that free the state of freedom or the nature of the freedom the sixth and the most important is what it talks about is the means to achieve that the methodology with which we are guaranteed that the freedom which we are looking for is eternal unlimited infinite in nature and how to achieve that is also given as the methodology by the upanishad which is called the sadhana or the means what you call it as now sadhana is the means therefore sadhyam means what is the the achieved means and the achievement are to be understood in the proper way the the three pillars of advaita are brahma sutra upanishads and the bhagavad gita now out of that the brahma sutra is the most logical with a lot of logic and that you know taking on every opposition one humanity can throw at it is been answered in the brahma sutra and in the brahma sutra it has got maximum references or quotations which are used in the brahma sutra and the bhashya when shankara wrote about it is from chandogya upanishad no other upanishad has been so much quoted in the in the answering upanishad in the questions and the opponents in the brahma sutra dialogues other than chandogya even though the other upanishads are all coming there but the most referred and most leaned upon by shankara for answering the brahma sutra explanation is chandogya upanishad so you can imagine the importance of the chandogya upanishad of the 10 upanishad the most important upanishads are ishakena kata prashna mundaka mandukya taitiriya aitiriya chandogya and bradharanya these are the way in which it is taught in the traditional schools it is called the dasha upanishad dasha means 10 the 10 upanishads all put together is codified as sutras in the brahma sutra which contains 555 sutras and in the 555 sutra the most often quoted is the chandogya which i said the ishavasyam is the first one word the word ishavasyam that the word which um, jadavadhi has been taking it is the one which is the e, the first 
one Upanishad which is being taught. Then comes Kena, Kata, Prasna in the traditional school, but we have, we have taken a different school or with different method, route altogether. So what happened that Isha belongs to the Shukla Yajurveda. Kena and Chandogya both belong to Samaveda. The Kata Upanishad belongs to Krishna Yajurveda. And you have the Taitriya also in the Krishna Yajurveda. The Muntaka belongs to the Adharvana Veda. Mandukya also is in the Adharvana Veda. And you will find the Aitreya Upanishad, the only one which is from the Rig Veda directly. Now, if you look at it that from the Upanishad's point of view, both Chandogya and Kena Upanishad are coming from the same Samaveda category in the, in the school of this thing. So, the name Chandogya comes from the word Chandas. Chando, Chandogyam means Chandogyam means in the, in the metrical, Chandas means meter. So, in the metrical form or prasodi is the way in which the Samavedas are taught and educated in the school. So, Chandogya is taken because that is the largest Upanishad in that. Technically speaking, Kena Upanishads also can be called Chandogya because that also belongs to the, the same Chanda, the Samaveda Chanda, Chandas group. But Kena Upanishad need to be treated separately because it is a standalone Upanishad and therefore it was, it seems the first word starts with Kena Ishitam Patati Prekshitam Mana. It was given the Kena as the name for it. So now you know that out of the 10 Upanishads, we have Chandogya and Kena, which is belonging to the Samaveda. The Chandogya Upanishad is the one Upanishad, the only Upanishad, I would say, which deals so much into Saguna Brahman and Nirguna Brahman. Both aspects of Qualified Brahman and unqualified Brahman. The reason why this is so much important is that that last three aspects which are dealing with Nirguna Brahman or the unqualified Brahman part can be apprehended only a student is qualified and have trained himself or herself with upasanas in the which is been dealt in detail in the first five chapters of Chandogya Upanishad. Why the first chap five chapters are dealing with Sakuna Upasana is that even here also in the Chandogya the first word is that Omitiyat Sama Udgita is the word like that Mandukya also Omitiyata Sharam here also the Chandogya the first mantra is start with with Om explaining Om. So what what happens in that in in that methodology of the first five chapters is that when people are educated in the meditation of Saguna Rupa of or the qualified with attributes. Saguna means with attributes. When Brahman is understood in the with the attributes, 
what happens is that the mind becomes focused in the aspects of the brahman why the aspects are brahman is important in the meditative method because these aspects are warding off or removing the misunderstanding the students otherwise can get carried away by by meditating on other aspects of ishvara which is the murti roopa which is in the idol worship and other forms of meditative things here in this saguna brahma upasana what happens is that the aspect attribute of brahman in the particular fashion in which the the upanishads are developing that thought process to graduate from one of one after the other to come to a stage where you will come to a stage where you can drop off even all the attributes because it is just like by taking on the police uniform a person is ensuring that the law and order is maintained which means other things are not going to disturb but when it is when it is that only one which is there that uniform which protects give the protection means all other things are warded off then it becomes easy for to deal with only one subject of what is called the brahman with attributes same is the way so in the in the case of chandogya upanishad we should understand that the first fast chapters of this are dealing with what you call as i said the the saguna rupas starting with the each aspects of the you know the panjabhutas we will see that when i'll give a justification to that i i'll no i'll the best thing is that to understand that is is to understand it from the point of view were the aspect which is being discussed as the each of the upasanas kantas there are the the first chapter of the chandokya is dealing with the rain upasana the second one is dealing with the cloud the third one is about thunder that in you know, the first the, the there is then the lightning there is river there is space and various aspects of the nature is taken for upasana then we have the vishwarupa upasana tripadasya amrutam devi gayatri upasana is there vaishwanara upasana is there vedic mantras that sama mantras are based on that so we will find that the different upasanas in the chandogya itself are helping us because depending upon the type of the mind that to listener has got each one will be able to identify with one aspect of the nature because ultimately everything is the same brahman only for example when we are talking about the example 
some people will be happy with the mud and the mud pot example some will be happy with the gold and the ornaments example some will be happy with the water and the ocean example so it it each each one of us have got different capacity of our mind so the the sagunopasana being taught in the in this chandogya start whether it is rain cloud thunder lightning river space and then the aspects of visharupa vaishwanara then what is called gehara vidya then there are different vidyas it including gayatri mantra so the meditation on gayatri mantra is also a part of the in the in the samaveda in the samaveda which is in the chandogya upanishad then when we look at it then we have this what you call dehara vidya dehara vidya is a, another upasana which is being given by the chandogya upanishad for what is i am not going to take all these upasanas margya because basically these are all make sense for people who have studied the vedic karmas in the beginning after the karma kanda the upasana kanda comes the upasana kanda is required for focusing and making the mind focused into one aspect of the brahman and thereby when the nirguna aspect is being taught in the 6th 7th and 8th chapters it will become easier for the nirguna brahman to be understood and you know grasped much easier for that only these upasanas are being used but that upasanas are mandatory for understanding this aspect of nirguna brahman but here now if you look at the attachment which i have provided here you will find that one aspect of that upasana i felt that it is better that i handle it before i deal with the sixth chapter itself because they are interconnected the upasana before that was about gayatri mantra varvam bhur bhuswa tajjalaniti no the, the, the tripadasyamrutam divi that the brahman has been explained there as tripadam or with the three feeted bhur bhuswa in that aspect and all put together is the vishwa rupam of the saguna brahman and then the question of from the student will come as to how should i meditate upon that brahman is the question when it is being asked is where the sixth chapter is starting so if we look at it that way before going to the sixth chapter we should study this particular upasana i may not get into the details of it but on a cursory vanner i will deal with the upasana because the the meditation aspect or the conviction or the getting getting into the detail of it will have to be done by the individuals so this is how my methodology of going into the the upanishad will be based on that before i get into the details of the the upanishad and start the upanishad per se 
just a summary of what the Chantukya Upanishad and the other Upanishads are standing for. The Chantukya Upanishad is the biggest Upanishad because it has got 627 mantras. Even though Brihadaranya is also big, Brihadaranya has only 434 mantras compared to 627 of Chantukya. But the 627 are small mantras, whereas the 434 mantras of Brihadaranya is large. Therefore, the Shankara Bhashya or the commentary by Shankara of Brihadaranya is far big and also superior both qualitatively and quantitatively compared to Chandogya. Because Chandogya he had only to deal with them, even though he has, ex he has commented upon the Upasana side, as well as on the Nirguna side of the 6, 7 and 8. But knowing the mind of Shankara, he has not done what justice he would have done for Brihadaranya, because that is talking about purely about the the ultimate Brahman, Atman, Tattva mainly. Whereas here the Upasanas, he has accepted Upasanas as a pre-requirement, pre-requisite for studying the 6th, 7th and 8th, where his Bhashya or his commentary is much more elaborate and complete in its nature. So the Brihadaranya Upanishad of Shankaracharya stands par excellence compared to any other commentary which he has written, even superior than the Brahma Sutra Bhashya. Because Brahma Sutra is basically explaining the opponents and the answers to the questions. He is not getting into the details in which, which he has got into Brihadaranya Upanishad explanation. So the Brihadaranya Upanishad will be the last to touch with. Because after touching Brihadaranya Upanishad, if no, somebody has not understood what is Advaita all about, then better thing is that you start your own your own activity which is comfortable for you. So I will not going to be touching the Brihadaranya Upanishad till I complete. When I feel that you know we are all ready to get embark upon the Brihadaranya. So with that I am going to start this Upanishad of which is the Chandogya Upanishad, the third chapter, I'll fourteenth Pada which is dealing with the Sarvam Khaluidam Brahma. Before that, let me do the Shanti Mandra. Like the Kena Upanishad, here also the Shanti Mandra is the same. Om Apyayandu Mamangani Vakprana Chakshustrotramato Balamindriyani Chasarvani Sarvam Brahma Upanishadam Maham Brahma Nirakuryam Mama Brahma Nirakaro Anajagaranam astu nirāgaranam me astu tadātmani nirate ya upinashatsu dharmaha te mai santu te mai santu om shanti 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 The meaning of the Shanti Mandra is that may my limbs, speech, white layer, ears, eyes, strengthen, strengthen all the sense be fully developed so that all that is relieved, revealed by the Upanishad is Brahman is un understood by me properly. May I never deny the Brahman which is being taught by the Upanishad nor, nor may Brahman never disown me because I am an inept 
or undeserving candidate so let me let mercy be upon me from brahman so that i am taught the upanishad brahman by the upanishad let there be no repudiation from brahman let there be no infidelity from my side let there be not in a clash of from both the what is being taught and what is being learned may all the dharmas extolled by the upanishad shine in me let the, the dharmas which are required for the studying of the upanishad let them all shine in me so that i am able to study the upanishad well who i intend to know the self may thy shine in me om shanti 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 the aati bhautika aadi devika and adhyatma all the three type of you know impediments which can stand in between me and my studies let them be all be satisfied is the way in which the shanti mantra is talking about before doing the third chapter 14th section there is a footnote by anandagiri who has commented on all the upanishads bhashya he has written a commentary on shankara's bhashya is anandagiri is a commentator who has written bhashya on bhashya he has written a what i mean anandika anandagiri tika when the commentary on bhashya is called a tika so he remarks that from the upanishad has dealt with the meditation of brahman through its images and representatives that is why saguna images and representatives wherever images are there that is all that in each one of the sections each chapter has got different sections so different subjects are being taught by the as saguna brahman now it produces to proceeds to deal with the meditation of brahman itself it is not proceeding to define or explain what brahman is it is dealing it is proceeding to do the brahma upasana the meditation on brahma as equipped with qualities and powers now this brahman which is a saguna brahman is being given a methodology by the chandogya upanishad as to how to meditate on brahman we saw that you know omkara upasana in the mandukya karika here this one is on the brahman itself how it is to be meditated upon the three footed mortal immortal brahman described above is equipped with endless qualities and endless powers and is capable of being meditated upon in various ways and of this brahman the text now proceeds to lay down the meditation as equipped with certain special qualities and special power so three footed immortal brahman is what is the gayatri mantra meditation has been talking about tripadasya amrutam divi so that is the what which is referred here as three footed immortal brahman now having given that aspect there is a question from the the student as to how will i meditate on the brahman when you have now mentioned so many ways in which i can meditate but brahman how do i meditate so for that the mantra starts with sarvam khalu idam brahma tajjalaniti shanta upasita athakalu ritu maya purusho yata ritu ऋतु अस्मिन्ोके 
पुषति तदेध प्रेत्यावती साकृतम कुर्वीत Now the meaning is that English is written there. All is indeed Brahman as it originates, becomes absorbed, and lives in it. Tajjalaniti is the word. One should meditate upon it calmly. Now, really, the man consists of volition. Volition here is standing for determination or right understanding, or we can say conviction also here. According to his conviction, is his world. so does he become departing from here means after having lived this life when he departs from this world hence he should exercise his determination or conviction for what is coming in the next mantras so if you look at it here what you will find is that we have to say that tajjalan tajjalan is the mantra तो शंकराचार्य एक्सप्लेन दी वर्ड्स आर इंडिकेटिंग द सृष्टि स्थिति एंड लया जा मीन जनना ला मीन लया अना मीन प्राण जीवने इन दीज थ्री is the word way in which the tajjalan that one word is standing for creation maintenance and dissolution that is the nature in which brahma is exhibiting himself as everything in this world idam khalu brahma iti now what is brahma is not definitely directly not answered here but the qualification with which brahma can be meditated upon is that the say it is basically taken from a, the the taittiriya upanishad say that yatova imani bhutani jayante eta jadani jeevanti yat pravishya vitham vishanti tadeva brahmatvam vidhi so there in that upanishad it is say that जीवंतेट so in all forms it is that only it is created from that it is it is surviving in that and pravishya pravishyanti even when they dissolve it goes back into it now imagine the waves are created out of the ocean without the ocean the waves cannot sustain it 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 is the ocean supports the waves so the waves even when it is being perceived or experienced as a wave it has its support on the ocean and when the waves collapse where does it go it goes back to where it came from same way tajjalan what does it say idam sarvam khalu brahma iti 
all this which you perceive in this world today the world outside what is created the creation happens from brahma while being experienced and interacted as a duality in this world this what you see in the multitude or in the multiplicity that is also brahma and when anything is disappearing from the world don't think it has lost it has been lost forever or it has been destroyed there is no destruction it goes back to the source from where it came like the waves going back to the ocean even this world which we are seeing the cosmos the planet the earth the human being the planet everything is from that sarvam khalu idam brahma tad jalan therefore that brahma is the support for which from which everything becomes born everything sustains and everything into which it goes back shanta upasita with a peaceful mind you should upasita means you should do the upasana or the meditation with a peaceful mind without any raga dvesha etc all sorts of perturbances which can come in the mind all doubts which can come in the mind should be set aside undoubtedly you should have a peaceful mind and then you should meditate upon brahma as from which everything comes which includes you and the world into which you are when you are sustaining in the world the heat the air the water the earth the animal the plants the sky everything is basically from because of from that only for your existence you need them everyone so you are being nourished by that you exist in that and when you are going when you are dissolving when you are leaving your leaving your identity where does it go your physical body which is made out of the earthly nutritions and the minerals will go back to the earth the breathing air will go back to the air the heat will go back to the heat source of the heat the water will go back to the source of the water and the life which was pulsating you is if everywhere sarvam it is there everywhere so it is there is no need for it to go anywhere because it is not located or localized at any point of time what happened is that like a pot when it came out there was space inside the pot the space doesn't come or go anywhere the pot when it came the space was created as a pot space or a house space or a hospital space when that the 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 conditions which with with the space was created when that goes where does that uh, space go it has never come therefore it doesn't have to go anywhere same way the brahma it is in which from which everything comes up in which everything remains into which everything goes back so there is no coming or going it is always in that which everything is happening this you have to meditate upon with a peaceful mind saha krutum kurvita saha means he krutum means conviction or determination volition 
is the way which purvida means he should determine or he should be convinced during his meditation this is the truth this is the ultimate truth athakalu means because purushah krutumayah the individual is a result of a conviction the beautiful aspect of it please understand that the purusha is a krutumaya means you are basic of certain convictions with which you are calling yourself as an individual either you are convinced that you are the physical body or your psychological body or your relationship with the world that conviction krutumaya eva purusha is the reason why you feel that you have an individuality we all feel that conviction of existence separation from the world because we are convinced that we are a separate entity that is why when the sumanda mantra says purushah kratamayah means it is the it is the nature of volition with which the individuality is being experienced purushah asmin loke this in this world this in this world world is seen as separate is also due to your conviction not only we are convinced that we are a separate entity we are also convinced that the world outside is also separate from us is a conviction yatakrutu whatever is your conviction that conviction even when you are abandoning the physical body we are not leaving the conviction that we are separate from the world therefore the feeling that we have a rebirth i am born i am dead all these are all basically out of the conviction which we are maintaining it so here is the upasana which is the upanishad is talking about sarvam khalu idam brahma know that everything is here is brahman make that your conviction not what you think as your conviction as a separate individual entity and as a separate world is separate from you because when you have that conviction when you leave the body you are carrying that conviction to or that conviction is re- remaining remaining with you because you are not replaced with the truth therefore the untruth holds you but the untrue believe that you are going to be born again as a individual separate from the world again into this world this is the first mantra of the third chapter 14th pada there are some more mantras which i'll be taking as a continuation in the friday class before we start with the sixth chapter because this word tajjalan sarvam kaluyidam brahma is the basis with which that whole thing develops into the sixth chapter 
where the tattvamasi is being explained in the nine ways to the son by the father so before we enter the sixth chapter this meditation is very important be and this word sarvam khalu idam brahma tajjalan this and this word should remain and ring in your mind whenever we are discussing anything in the sixth chapter so the remaining mantras which are coming in the sequence which i have written down here we will take it on the friday's class i'll stop it here for question answer om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnamevavashishyate om shanti 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 हरि ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि ओम थैंक यू धन्यवाद थैंक यू बिंदु जी थैंक यू वेरी मच फॉर द वंडरफुल इंट्रोडक्शन अबाउट द छांदोग्या एंड आई एम हैप्पी दैट यू हैव स्टार्टेड विथ द पोर्शन ऑफ उपासना व्हिच connects to that sixth chapter and uh, enabling all of us to understand that thank you very much now the room is open for a discussion anybody may have uh, a questions or clarifications binduji will be answering those things thank you thank you <coughs> Haryom Bindaji it's a great opening um Haryom Bindaji so upasana you just gave it different complete different meaning it, the upasana of the qualities versus the essence itself the tajjalan that is a complete shift bindaji typically the upasana of quality happens not you know you take ganesha tarashisham you know or Surya Upanishads. It even you know it is always on the qualities, praising the Lord. Here it is on essence. Why the shift right away? Um, not even looking at qualities. Any reason? See, you should understand that the Upanishadic approach is unique in its nature. there is no parallel as i said at the beginning no other text has been so successful in delving deep into our nature of the reality of individuals and the world so the uh, the methodology is unparalleled you cannot compare this with the puranic way of or the devotional way of upasanas that is why ideally speaking we should have done dealt with the, all the upasanas in the chapters 1 to 5 but the problem is that most of those upasanas can be understood only if we are into the samaveda yajna karma kanda before that where soma yaga and other yagas are very very in thing and based on which the upasanas are being referred to so that's why i didn't get into those upasanas which are there including the gayatri upasana i didn't get into because 
Gayatri Upasana is also part of the that Upasana only, based on the Karma's thing. Even though the Gayatri Mantra is treated as a very unique and sacred mantra, but that is good for the Karma contents and the people and the methodology in which the karmas are being done that sandhya vandana etc are important for it it is it is explained by shankara when he is doing the gayatri mantra explanation the bhashya he has related it to bhur bhuvastu the tripadasyamritam divi there is a word which is used in that one that the three-footed immortal brahman as the representation by the Gayatri Mantra. So there also the methodology with the this Upanishad deals with Gayatri Mantra is not like the Gayatri Mantra dealt in the in the in the upasana of the devotional and the, you know mantra methodology or even for your Sandhyavadana methodology. Here it is more of philosophical in nature. That is why you will find that. The Upasanas of the Upanishads are highly philosophical in nature. We need a certain level of background to understand what is that Upasana. Why I took this particular mantra of the, the, the third and the third chapter, 14th section is that it is directly linked with the sixth chapter. Therefore, I had to take it because if I had not taken this Upasana aspect, when I am explaining the sixth chapter, I will have to come back and explain it later, which will make me, you know, break the 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 flow, thought flow, and come to the upasana in between, which I didn't want to do that. So I thought, let me explain this upasana here, and then go to the the philosophical aspects of the chick chapter. So that is why you should not compare this with the traditional traditional upasanas of the Puranas or even then the devotion, or even the normal mantra upasana, which is being given in the traditional form. Upanishadic mantras are different from the devotional mantras and meditations. Sudhan so Binduji, uh, this means uh, rec recognizing that essence within that takes shape, it cannot take shape independently like the thoughts rising thoughts getting you know amp amplified and eventually they subside in your own uh, subtle world so that means you know this essence is to be recognized and related and meditated upon then that's the summary then Biduji. is that right yeah you are right okay that's the way in which I'll give a one small hint, Vinoji. Uh, this is a complex uh, web of web setup where Vinoji is leaving a trail here to get to the top of the mountain. He's invert. Look at this upasana to that saguna part of the Upanishad. He picked certain parts for us looking at the upasana how it need to be meditated upon hence to launch into the nirguna there is a prakriya getting laid out in any of this if i see it right guru puts the prakriya in a way 
for a student to follow and catch the trail to the you know the ultimate this is already happening if you carefully observe the trail is already laid up front if you if you know i really want to go back and because i missed the first initial minutes so that trail is getting laid hence the path is laid laid for you it is like spoon feeding it is already happening here we just need to catch it that's my view vinoji it is not about the summary it's about the path guru laying out for you we should catch it no no what i was saying was not for this series and all it is totally independent thing as requesting because i find i felt that that like you know when i kind of tell try you know give these links to somebody and all you know like who is not exposed to any of this then i find it very difficult because then they say oh, eight lectures nine lectures and all is very difficult then i suddenly felt that like you know okay you listen to this like you know this gives a overall context then if you get interested come and like you know listen to the whole series and all like that so that is the kind of context i was coming from it's okay i think you know vindoji has his point no finally we agree with that so Bidduji, may I ask another question? Please. The the text that you've shared, these are these are uh, in English and Sanskrit, and then the the translations. Have you have you cut and pasted this from texts that you have online, and just, this is just a collection of all the different. Uh, versions of the uh, Chandogya that you have, or is this your interpretation and your narration? No, no, I have uh, I have used uh, whatever is available on the internet. The the original Sanskrit is from the Sringeri website, right. and the English translation is. of that uh, book by uh, ja who has done the by translation of shankaracharya's bhashit so from that i have taken it and then the english is yeah he is from that as well yeah that as well yes yeah yeah it's wonderful to be able to condense it like this it's uh it's laid out in a in a great uh, way so Uh, grateful that you've uh, taken the time uh, to do that thank you do you think at this point uh you you would start feeling comfortable about you know putting your own like when you if you if you were to stop dropping the um metaphors like you know uh snake and rope you have a really broad grasp of advait so if if you were do you think that this is sufficient or do you think it's time for you to start putting your own metaphors and your own lessons because i mean I think we all uh have this personal interaction with you and uh we all know you so well to be able to communicate that i i think uh 
the question is, is you know, would you be able to start adding your own stories along alongside of this? Uh, maybe you know, further to Vinod's you know question, it would be nice just to have. Uh, I'm not asking you to publish you know a book, but it's it's like there's you've got such a breadth and depth of of knowledge about each of these that sometimes maybe the um, the the ancients are out of context with with you know the language of of today and and you're not so i it would be nice maybe to start seeing some of that you know included in the text and then maybe that's compiled in a you know in another volume Well, I use that when I'm narrating or I'm doing the class, but uh, since I'm using a original source for copying for making this handout, I don't want to tamper with it because that is not my intention to tamper with their what their work that is what they have done. It may be some you know really speaking the old sometimes the old English or some old metaphors may be there but when i'm explaining and talking wherever i possible i am bringing the latest you know terminologies and examples which can be incorporated so that the same is conveyed without any change in the idea of narration so i don't see where i can contribute that way by bringing something separate of my own Maybe then what we should all do, though, is get together then is I have probably a thousand voice, you know, texts, Raj, all of, you know, all of us have our individual relationship with you. Maybe we all conspire to collect that in a, you know, in a volume of, uh, of essays and notes, the letters, the letters of, uh, of Bindo. Because I think there is something, you know, very unique of all the teachers that, uh, I've interacted with, uh, you know, I've benefited clearly most from, you know, my interactions with you and I, I don't know a lot of others, but I, I think that given the affection that everyone has for you, that I, I would imagine that that's shared. It's not just mine. It'd be nice to be able to do that. I've thought about that in the past. I know you don't want to be published and you don't want to be amplified, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it's everyone's own journey is just to find you and in their own way or and and you know seek out their own enlightenment that way. But it uh I was just thinking that I've had I've got, you know, maybe a thousand voice messages from you and you know, from WhatsApp and I listen to them again and again and I'm sure others do. That's that's so powerful, and you can't get that. Like Sarva Priyananda's, you know, great in that, but he doesn't have the depth that you do in that sense. You know, there's Francis Lucille who's great, and Jean Klein and uh, Rupert, you know, Spira. These, you know, more of the neo advaitis but they don't have the context that you do. You know, with with the Upanishadic language and the depth and I don't know. I think it would be fun, but maybe uh, everyone's got too much to do and <laughs> just let it, you know, the, let it all just pass on as it comes. So, 
who knows what will come, right, Bindo? I have no comments on that because I don't think I am doing anything unique or separate. I am doing what Shankaracharya had done in the 6th century BC. I am not doing anything different from what he's doing, done or left. I am using his philosophy, but I got a conviction to what he told. So that has become my conviction. And then when I do it with my conviction, of course, the words will be mine, not his. So that is where the difference comes. Yeah, and maybe, you know, like um, Vinod's comment about, you know, the the summaries. I understand why he says that. But, I mean, the, if I look at the faces on the, you know, in the room now, it's like we're all maniacs in terms of our... And when we sat at, you know, at dinner, the, you know, in, in Bangalore, I mean, I asked that question about the, why, like what, what, what separates you in terms of, you know, how you look at the world and everyone at the table, um, you know, Venkata, you know, Prasad, it's, and your story is very clear, is this raw intensity to unravel the truth. It doesn't like it's so it's so strong and all of us, you know, keep coming. Srini's, you know, read Chandogya and all the different Upanishads, but he still wants more. He wants to hear from you. And it's maybe it's really just that drive. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter what form the teaching takes or what color the teacher is or what language the teacher is speaking, that guru is illuminated you know in the teaching um whatever form that teaching takes so it it really doesn't matter so maybe yeah doesn't really matter i guess it comes out in the wash eventually and the student is going to find it and uh and making it easier maybe is a, a real problem because your path wasn't easy. None of the teachers that I know of, you know, online, all of those masters, uh, it was that raw intensity that, you know, created that illumination. It wasn't easy and it was, you know, lots of work, you know, for that to, you know, be unraveled. And then it just unravels. So <laughs> anyway. Okay, so Gugu says that since everything is rooted in the will, does it mean that everything has a specific intention behind its very existence? Okay, read the question again. Okay, uh, since everything is rooted in the will, does okay. it also mean that Everything has a specific intention behind its very existence. Obviously, because the word everything is a result of a will. Otherwise, there is only Brahman. Right? The moment we mention that everything means you have accepted multiplicity. And the multiplicity is out of will of the Brahman itself to project itself as many. So Kamayada Bhusyam Prajayeti is a Chaitriya Upanishad sentence. 
so he designed he willed let me become many then how did he become many ajayamano bahuda vichayade without becoming born as many he became many he appeared as many without losing its own you know identity or its own nature because what normally happens when the cause becomes an effect the cause will be present in the effect but the effect will be different from the cause in the in in its own means in the sense that you cannot as i said you cannot reverse engineer it to the to the original form so that way the becoming many or everything has got a will or a intent behind it that intent is only from the point of view of the multiplicity but not from that that one which is not become many it doesn't have any intent but the intent is a feel now it's very very convoluted in the way in which you want to understand that it you are looking it from two different dimensions when you accept that many so there is a many already there which is a result of an intent or a desire but is the desire a reality reality yes when you are thinking it is multiplicity then the question can come how did that one which is appearing as many have a intent that is where the activity of the statement comes it has not really become many it appears as many for whom for the one who sees multiplicity not from the point of view of that one which has not which doesn't see the multiplicity so ekatva manupashyada the one who has realized by conviction that he sees the multiplicity not as separate as the same it is just like and you know, i cannot give an example but the closest will be the space sees many objects appearing in itself as many but the space has not lost its own pristine nature of allowing things to come in its own area without losing its own quality of space so whether an object is there the object also needs space if it contains space that also has got a space but has the space gone through a transformation no the space has never gone through a transformation but the one which sees that the room is separate i am separate my pen is separate my uh, dog is separate or my house is separate that separate that not one which sees has got an intent to see them as separate therefore that is the intent with which i am multiply i am seeing everything as multiple but from the point of view of the space if you look at it there is no intent therefore there is no multiplicity from the point of view of space this is how one has to understand that this uh, this explanation is same for jiva as well ishwara yes ishwara is from the point of view of the jiva only for only jiva there is an ishwara no? 
from the point of view of brahman there is no jiva no jagat no ishvara suppose say ishvara is the space in which there is sun there is a moon there is earth so the will says okay let me shine the sun shines let me put earth in the orbit start spinning at a level of ishvara while the space is kept but the will works in the content level i know i understand brahman doesn't matter but is this versus a jiva sitting in earth looking at everything else in as an experience versus this way so there is a difference between these two right binduji the will at the individually understood limitation versus unlimited there is a difference in the will correct binduji no forget the will is superimposed by the individual as a cause for multiplicity where the multiplicity is self is unreal for the unreality to be experienced as real he is giving a justification as a will because if you look at the appearance of a mirage as water there is a will because you are seeing it because you want to see it as water but you do not know why you are seeing it as water therefore the water is real but once you know that it is what is the reason for the real or the, what is the what is causing the water in us then the will to see water will not be there even though it may appear as water you know it is not water same is the situation when you say that the the sun the the earth and the individual these are all appearances in space but the space has no intention to appear as sun or the earth or the individual even without becoming the individual or the earth or the sun the space remains pristine as space itself all the time only because space is there the sun is existing the earth is existing the individual is existing right it's mithya this is this is mithya the this is the persistent notion of individuality we should do a, a room on on whether we choose our sentences and words our thoughts and the answer in reality from an advaitic perspective which is one perspective on reality uh is that <laughs> we don't we can't because there is no individual from an advaitic perspective and that's the truth everything else is this persistent notion that that the i is here so there's will 
I'm choosing what, you know, words come through. All of that is, is, um, is, is falsity. It, it can't be anything other than that if there's only Brahman. It's so, it's so perceptively, um, difficult. <laughs> it's almost absurd. That's the reality of it, and that's why it's so difficult to comprehend. That's why I didn't want to use the word mitya, knowing very well that you know it will be branded as you know a utopian philosophy, but not as a practical one. No. Here there is a question in the in the in the chat by Vishnu. If the universe is just an appearance and it has no independent existence apart from Sat Brahman, why is the appearance? Why the universe comes into existence as appearance? Why is there Maya? Why is there is Maya? So okay, so Vishnu, the question of why is applicable only to your waking world. You do you mean to say they why you you only have a waking world of experience? Do you ask the question, why did I dream a lion or why did I dream a beautiful girl or a sumptuous meal in the dream? You don't ask a why in the question in the dream, nor do you ask why is I am in a state of deep sleep or why I am what I am in the deep sleep. See, this cause and effect is only in, in aspect of especially the space, time and causation, all the three are of the waking world. We are not experiencing only the waking world. We have a dream world. We have a deep sleep experience also. Now this deep, deep these three things are happening and there is an awareness in us which knows that I am going through these changes. So the knower of the changes should be different from the known. Therefore, you are neither the waker, nor the dreamer, nor the deep sleeper, but you have appearances yourself as a waker in your waking. You have as an appearance of a dreamer in the dream. You have an appearance of a deep sleeper in the deep sleep. But you know these changes are happening. Therefore, you are beyond the three. That one never goes through any of these things. So there is no why for that is appearing. These appearances are projections of awareness and that is the nature of awareness to project itself as, as as projections of awareness and when we see the, them as objects but not as awareness then we are getting confused with the objects as a reality and not the awareness as the reality for the object objects that is where the the ignorance of not knowing the reality encapsulates your knowledge with that conviction that you have a real world outside the there's also the the perception that because there's this so-called physicality associated with uh the world of objects that somehow that confers reality that because we can touch and taste and we have these intense experiences i can hold the phone in my hand i can touch the cup that somehow that physicality, the so-called physicality, that makes it real and that makes it exist. But in reality, 
those experiences, the so-called experiences, are part of that same experience. I'm sorry, is part of the same appearance. The lie is so compelling, we take it for reality in that sense. Even though, even though we don't, we don't say that it, they're unreal in the sense that it's not happening, because we say we have to say that it's happening in a way. <laughs> but it's that physicality that confuses us to give it that sense of of absolute reality that it stands alone and apart from that awareness. Does the physicality really cause that problem, or is it basically the mind that's causing? Yeah, that problem? of course. So it's part. It's built into. It's built into the headset in that sense that we that we confuse. If we put on Oculus and we have a headset, or we're playing the video game and the controllers vibrating, if we've now got the headset and we actually have a three D rendered world. We, we don't see anything behind us. We don't see anything to the right of us. But when we turn to it, we see something so real. We reach out in the game, in that virtual world, to touch it. In, in the world of objects here, without the visor on, we're actually able to... The headset is so compelling that when we touch it, we actually get that feedback instantly. Okay, there's an object and there's that sense. I'm, I wouldn't say, Prasad, that it's... It's the mind confusing it. That's just the nature of of our reality. And so it's built in to how it's going to feel. And, and uh, But Patrick, the precise point is that it's the mind that's doing it. For example, the body or the objects, they don't say that they exist. In fact, they don't even lend any existence on their own, right? It has to be uh, because if there is... Uh, an Ajnani who sees all these objects as separate and real, and then there's a Jnani who does not see them separate from the ultimate reality. The perception shift that has ever taken place has only taken place within the mind, right? So the whole idea that there is this confusion is what we, what Vedanta is trying to stress on, right? It is basically an intellectual correction so to say, that Vedanta is obsessed with uh, in trying to, uh, like, in, in trying to speak out the truth. So there's, the correction is only in the buddhi, right, precisely speaking. So I guess uh, that is uh, mainly the focus that has to be there. If anywhere anybody thinks that there is separation, that there is uh, a separate reality, uh, it's for them to question whether what they see or experience is true or whether it has any reality. If it stands true in all three phases of time, in all three states of existence, yes, one can claim that. If it doesn't, then it's for them to question. So what I'm saying is that uh, the reality outside and its uh, existence can be questioned by one's own intelligence, can be seen, whether it stands true uh, through all phases of time and states of being. And if it doesn't, uh, the intellect itself rejects it as true, right? It rejects it as true. So 
uh, that is uh, one mode of you know observation or inquiry or jignasa that one can go through i just want to add that but when we're speaking when we're speaking of the mind i would think that you and i would would see it in the same way that, that we can't distinguish between we can't separate the objects of perception and the mind itself that we have to we have to use that language in that way that says that the objects of perception are the mind as well because it can be a part it can't we can't say the mind is is the is the is the visor in which we perceive the object and then the object is apart from that visor or the mind it's all it's all in that same amphitheater correct like that's how you see it as well right yeah of course the the mind and the objects are never separate there's no doubt about it it's like for example if i uh, give you uh, an indian dish that is called rasmalai which of course i hope you've eaten right you could choose to call it rasmalai you could rasmalai you could choose to call it a bengali sweet you could choose to call it a north indian sweet but the essence is milk right so you don't really see milk as milk there you see that you see that as the, the 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 sweet right just like that suppose if you want to see you can see a tree or you can break it down and create differentiations and say i don't see a tree i see twigs leaves barks etc etc so yes they're not separate but finer than the mind is the buddhi right the buddhi that asserts whether what i perceive outside is whole or not is broken or not and generally the tendency of the of the mind is that it shows everything to be separate in parts and for some some reason the buddhi has become accustomed to say yes to all the separation or all the parts in it right now that correction in that buddhi that buddhi should not be allowed to say yes 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 for everything let the buddhi be questioned there need not be an assertion that no there is no separation no the questioning only should be whether there is a separation or not right there need not be an affirmative statement and there i believe the buddhi starts to show so the mind and senses of course are always together they're never separate but it yeah. can be uh, the buddhi the, the 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 discerning faculty can be exercised to see whether there is any separation or dvaitam or um, you know inherent distinction in this whole creation or not i think the buddhi can be applied yeah, thank you so much it's wonderful to hear your voice and by Namaskar. the way so thank you for sharing that prasadji it's been a long time since we've all been blessed with your presence and and your wisdom so hello uh, patrick ji another answer what i want to share uh, our mind is not the final uh, base for analyzing everything that's why the need of shastra and guru is there otherwise we will be going in a forest without knowing where is the uh, which is the path where is the target uh, like that so we should follow one shastra and we should follow a guru then only we can properly analyze uh, and we can like uh, internalize and experience the final truth otherwise we will simply arguing with the different why it does not like that why it is not like that but it will be of simply waste thanks
May I ask a question to Bindoji? Go ahead, Rajesh. Uh, Bindoji, Namaskar and uh, thank you so much. Namaskar to all our friends in the room. And uh, thank you for Chandogya. Two of my most favorite Mahavakyas, they come from this Upam, Upanishad, you know, Sarvam Kalvidam Brahma and Tatomasi. And uh, Bindoji, you are talking about Jagrat, Sapna and Shushupti. I'm just, my question is connected to that. Uh, in our Shruti, there is Vyabharik Satta and there is Parmarthik Satta also. And uh, of course, when we speak of Advaita, there is no doubt about it that we are talking about the one without a second. So there is no sanshay or no doubt on that. Everything is one, goes without saying. There's no multiplicity and there's no individual also. Uh, but at the same time, there is Vyabharik Satta, Pratibhasik Satta and Paramarthik Satta in, in our Shruti. It comes from Mandukya. And uh, it is also has uh, sanction in Buddhism, in a I think in Nagarjuna's Buddhism, it is mentioned. So I would like to hear your thoughts on, uh, you know, existence of Vyavarik Satta and Parmartik in Advaita. See, these three are coined for the purpose of explaining Artha Kriya Karita, means utility of our day-to-day -day life, you know. Where is the, otherwise, there is no need for the Shastra or the Guru. Because Shastra and Guru also comes under the Vyavahara Satta only. But if you are, if there is only Ekameva Advadiyam, then there is Shastra and the Guru will, is, well, in what level are you using that? It is just like saying that, you know, if a snake or a lion in the dream can wake you up, was the snake and the lion real? You will say no. But did they wake you up? Yes, it woke you up because you got scared in the dream. It is something similar to that only. So the Vyavahara Satta and the Paramartika Satta and the you know, Pradivadika Satta are explaining for people who are in that level. To them, you have to explain what you are seeing is in that category, like the dream is a Pradivasika Satta and what is, is you are experiencing in the waking hours is a Vyavaharika Satta, but Brahman, the Advaita, Ekatma, that Advaitiyam Brahma is the Paramartika Satta. So for that explanation purpose, these words are coined, but these are all coined from people who are experiencing. Like, you know, when you are explaining to a person who sees a snake, to explain him what you see as a snake is not a snake, a rope, you have to use the word snake even though you don't see a snake. You have to use the word snake to the person to explain him that you what you see as a snake is not a snake. Same way, the word Paramatika and uh, Swara Pradivasika and Pyavakarika are coined for explanation purpose, but not in reality. But it is useful for you to understand the current level and then See to cross over to the Paramatika Sattva. Shivam, you have any questions? 
या लाइक आई वॉन्ट टू आस्क जो हमारी व्यवहारिक सत्ता है लाइक द वन दैट इज इंस्क्राइब इज इट ऑलरेडी इंस्क्राइब इन अवर बॉडी लाइक हाउ कैन वी ओवरकम अवर व्यवहारिक सत्ता टू रीच टू द नेक्स्ट लेवल इज देयर एनी वे you have to approach a guru and learn the methodology of you know shrad you know the studying the scriptural method in which word these words are appearing and how it is to be overcome there is a definite method which has been prescribed in the teachings so so the upanishad says that sa guru meva bikache shrotriyam brahmanishtam so you should approach a, a person who is teaching that or you least you should start reading with the primary books of advaita to know why what is advaita and talking about and then you can come to a, a basic understanding we have got then you can go to a higher books where these are dealt in detail it's available as books as well as lectures in the youtube internet everywhere it's available yes so um, like i am reading gita so uh, in it uh, like uh, the lord krishna has said ke uh, the king of knowledge is actually adhyatma gyan so uh, what you try to lure from yourself is only the king of knowledge to kya hum usse bhi next level pe pahunch sakte hain like we can go to next level through this also this is that is only level we are all in reality but when we do not know our reality we are in a different reality so understand that the different reality is a is a creation of the mind for not understanding the reality of the truth and that has to be understood so but the bhagavad gita also bhagwan says about it you know so there is there are methods in which you have to start with the karma yoga karma jnana sanyasa jnana yoga and the methodology is given in the everything the second chapter is giving in a nutshell the whole gita so if you have understood the second chapter fully you will know as to how to proceed further yeah so in it uh, like lord has said you should follow your own path that is described by you by birth Like, आप जहां से पैदा होते हैं आपको वो ही फॉलो करना चाहिए सो इज इट एनी वे हेल्पिंग अस टू रीच टू नेक्स्ट लेवल या वी आर इन द्यूमन बाई बर्थ वी आर ऑल ह्यूमन बींग्स एंड ह्यूमन बींग मीन्स यू हैव बीन गिवन एन इंटेलेक्ट सो वॉट भगवान सेज इज दैट स्वधर्मो निधनम श्रेय पर धर्मो वू हैव टू डू द धार्मा ऑफ ए मनुष्य और अूमन बींग don't become like an animal which is instinct based jo prakriti ka anusar khana peena sona bachcha paida karna all those things are animalistic but beyond that by using your intellect what is that who am i why am i there what is my reality if these enquiries are doing then you are doing your sadharma that is what krishna says about uh-huh. so like uh, in any way people are inscribed uh, like not instinctive uh, instinctive like is there any way people are like born to ra- raise above to the next level 
इज इट जेनेटिक और इट्स इट कम्स थ्रू द आत्मन लाइक जो हमारे पिछले जन्म में जो भी इंद्रियों की स्थिति थी सो इज इट हेल्पिंग अस टू रेस टू द नेक्स्ट लेवल लाइक दैट Doesn't Bhagwan say in the Bhagavad Gita itself, "Na jayate, mriyate, ma kadachit." So there is no birth or rebirth for the the reality, the Atma. What is born, the body, is not you. You are taken it from the earth for nurturing your body. So you have to leave it here, here. Vasanasi jirnani yada vihaya. So you have to leave your body here like a cloth. So yes. for you, the for you there is no birth and no death. So there is no yes, nothing which is which is you know higher level or lower level from your point of view from the body point of view body can be of different nature the water yes. in a bigger vessel gold vessel or mud vessel or even a you know in a in a leaf doesn't make the water not water the the gold or the silver or the or the leaf can be different doesn't change the water the the nature of the water the water will be always water that is what well, like bhagwan says या सो लाइक इन वन श्लोका भगवान इज ऑल्सो सेट जो आपकी मृत्यु के टाइम स्थिति रहती है आपकी आत्मा के साथ आपकी इंद्रियों के सहित बॉडी लीव करती है सो जो स्थिति आपकी वहां से रहती है अगले जन्म में वहीं से चालू होती है आपकी प्रोग्रेस भगवान ने बताया किसको बताया है जो सोचता है कि वो इंद्रियों का गुलाम है इंद्रियार्थ इंद्रियार्थेशु वर्तन्ते इति मत्वा न सज्जते सो वन हु थिंक दैट आई एम द बॉडी आई एम गॉट द इंद्रियस एंड आई एम लिमिटेड बाय द बॉडी टू सच अ पर्सन दिस रूल इज एप्लीकेबल दैट ही व्हाटएवर ही थिंक्स बिकॉज़ ही थिंक्स ही इज द फिजिकल बॉडी बट ही इज नॉट ही आल्सो सेज नो ही इज नॉट द फिजिकल यू आर नॉट द फिजिकल बॉडी इज भगवान इज ऑलरेडी टोल्ड दैट सो बट येट यू कैन नॉट सी दैट यू आर नॉट द फिजिकल बॉडी to such a person there should be an a way out to so that he doesn't go astray and become like an animal like a person to him bhagwan says yes do your duties karmanevaadigaraste ma bhaleshu kadajana ma karma valahe durbhuma te sangastva karmani and all those instructions are given so that the person takes the path towards the knowledge and ज्ञान मार्ग इज वॉट इज क्षेत्रज्ञम चाभिमा विद्धि सर्वक्षेत्रु भारत एंड ही सेज दैट ऐ आम द क्षेत्रज्ञ ऑफ सर्वक्षेत्र वेदर इट्स एन एनिमल क्षेत्र और ए ह्यूमन क्षेत्र और एनी क्षेत्र वॉट दैट मैटर सो ही सेज दैट दैट इज दैट दैट इज वॉट यू हर टू अंडरस्टैंड ओके ऑल राइट वन लास्ट क्वेश्चन ऑल्सो मतलब भगवान ने जिस धर्म की स्थापना करी है वो धर्म एक्चुअली है क्या लाइक देर इज ऑल्सो अट ऑफ कंफ्यूजन अंडरस्टैंडिंग इट देर इज ओनली वन धर्म धर्मो रक्षति रक्षता सो वॉट सेव्स यू फ्रॉम द बॉन्टेज दैट इज ओनली धर्म वट इज दैट धर्म इज वॉट यू हर टू फॉलो वॉट इज दैट यू हर टू सेव यूर सेल्फ फ्रॉम फ्रॉम इग्नोरेंस so if you can say from your ignorance that is the only dharma which you should follow and to remove yourself from your ignorance the only way is to get jnana and now there is no other way that is what very clearly krishna says in the bhagavad gita 
so like what are the causes of ignorance like are we living a comfortable life is it a cause of ignorance like are we not seeking for something that is important that is ignorance what is actually ignorance ignorance is given in the second chapter saying that dhyayato vishayan pusa sangasteshu vajayade sangat samjayade kama kamat krodo vijayade krodat bhavati sammoha sammoha smriti bhipramaha ಸ್ಮೃತಿಭ್ರಂಶಾತ್ಮಿಧಿಭ್ರಂಶಾತ್ಮಿಧಿಭ್ರಂಶಾತ್ಮಿಧಿಭ್ರಂಶಾತ್
achieving that which is which cannot be achieved through action and what can be achieved without an action is only knowledge because knowledge has no beginning no end what is known to you will always remain to you as known it will even if it is the object is not there the knowledge of the object cannot go same way once you know your true nature you can never forget who you are then you will not do what you are doing but when as a child you did what you did was you thought you are a child you are doing what you are doing as a teenager you are doing as a teenager you are doing as an adult what you think that because your body is an adult form you are doing what is an old man is doing because your body is in an old man shape but you from the child to the teenager to the adult to the old man has never gone through any change the i feeling which is there of a child when you enjoyed the childhood is the same i today you having when whatever is your age so there is an i which is unchanging and that is only which can achieve your freedom so that is your freedom which you should be looking for not with the dominance which things are under a product of time and space okay so one last question like you have mentioned about time and space so bhagwan says we are all bonded by time this whole universe is bonded by time and you have to come to me to become independent of time main tumhe kal se tabhi mukt kar sakta hu jab tum mere paas aoge so is there matlab any realization that you are now have become independent of time so could you clarify me on that too yeah when you when you are when you are in i that is when you are not identifying with your mind and body did you have the time sense of time and space when you are in your deep sleep that is the only time when you are there but your mind is not there you are no you do not know you are a male or a female you as an individual or where you are or anything you existed in your deep sleep and in that existence time you did you have a time and space you did not know when you went to sleep you did not know when you woke up you know it only when you woke up you are knowing the time only when the time and space has come into existence not in the deep sleep when you didn't have the knowledge of the iness also so that which is beyond time is that state where you existed without the mind body and intellect that is what the upanishad says the amani bhava so in that state you are free from space and time so when you are free from space and time there is no birth no death no grow no decay no death no disease nothing is there you are in your absolute bliss because there is nothing to disturb your happiness there but you can't call it as a enjoyment because enjoyment is with objects but happiness pure happiness which is without undisturbed state and a state of undisturbed happiness can happen only when you are in yourself or when you know yourself you are in your being that being is there in all the state but when we wake up we forget that we are that being and we associate with our waking and say that we are the waker and when we go to dream we assume that we are the dreamer even though we don't know what is our shape looking like in our dream we are a node or a point of experience in the dream all experiences are known the world is known even the feeling that i ness remains in the dream 
but you cannot describe how the eyeness looks like you don't see yourself in a mirror in the dream you don't see what dress you have worn in a dream or how you are looking in a dress or anything so but there is a knowledge of that eyeness or that experiencer as a dreamer so what does it all this say that the these projections of the you know eyeness in the waker we call it as shivam or bindo or in the dream we don't have a name we may have a different name or anything but we have only experience in the state of deep sleep we have neither the body nor the mind nor the intellect neither the space nor the time nothing exists but we exist that is why we have to be very analyzing in our approaches to know what is our true nature only when you know your true nature you can be free from everything which is not you uh, okay so what if i become scared by that experience and i don't want to do or practice such thing that are told in shastras the shastra also says that only if there is something other than you there can be a fear from other thing because the other thing can limit you or you know destroy you or even attack you but when you are all alone by yourself you are everything there is nothing other than you what are you afraid of i don't know flabbergasted by the experience like in a jungle i am roaming and i become scared that i am all lonely such experiences and kind of like different sounds coming from everywhere that kind of no if if you are hearing a sound the sound is different from you so you can be afraid of the sound if anything is different from you you will be afraid of it it can be sound it can be light it can be space it can be void anything can be other than but if you if there is nothing other than you there is no way you can be afraid of it because you see yourself in everything or as everything in in because there is nothing as separate as everything that is the state where of you know yatra na anyat pasyati anyat shrunodi anyat vijanaadi bhumai vasukam that is the absolute please i mean bliss we are experiencing in your deep sleep we are not giving importance to our deep sleep that is the biggest problem we are facing in our life if we are able to understand our deep sleep we have come out of our problems because we have an existence we are not dead we are existence and we have nothing to fear about and that was the state of absolute happiness but there is no enjoyment there with the objects outside therefore we feel that you know that is in, that is insignificant or you know not to be valued much because of that we get into the loop of enjoyment pulls us to the world of waking to the world of dream and when we get tired we go back to get recharged into our deep sleep because we know recharging can be done only in the deep sleep <coughs> so are we trying to attain a godhood like uh, in yeah, shivam krishna yeah sorry sorry for the interference uh, bindu ji will be here for the next 10 minutes i want others to have a chance to ask question uh, shivam what you can do is you can visit wednesday and friday every week without fail we will be having a sessions and bindus will be available you have ample of time to discuss and ask questions 
ओके डोंट थिंक अदरवाइज सॉरी थैंक यू ओके श्योर थैंक यू थैंक यू विद्नू सर कैन आई गो नेक्स्ट individuality. the individuality is fighting that you know the fullness because it is happy with the limited individual feeling when that limited individual feeling feel that i will lose my individuality that loss of individuality is the fear not that you are having a fear of your true nature because you are not understood your true nature so your limited individual feel that i will be lost that the fear of loss by the limited individual is the fear which those time when you are experiencing okay bindu, thanks for that bindu ji with because this has come up two or three times now can you give your definition and your interpretation of uh, vyavaharaka just so that that will help clarify it for some vyavaharaka is our transactional world transactional world means where we are now what we are doing is a vyavaharik world i am seeing you i am interacting with you and talking to you all these things are as a vyavahara but when you know that all this thing is in awareness in that satchidananda brahma or in that as a substratum of awareness consciousness you are in that your the my words are that you are hearing that everything is dependent on awareness so the vyavahara is a dependent reality on awareness but when you forget that the dependency is on awareness or consciousness the individual in the dependency is thought to be on the name and forms like patrick or bindu that is what is called the ignorance the dependency is not on the name and form of the individuals but the dependency is on the consciousness or the awareness in which you are existing i am existing my words are existing you are hearing it the same thing as words is also in consciousness your absorption of the knowledge is also due to consciousness so everything is in that then when you know that then there is no what you call problem even in vyavahara the vyavahara doesn't create a what you call conflict because you know that all the ornaments are gold doesn't make it the goldsmith they is not worried about what is the shape of the gold ornaments but the lady who wants to wear a necklace or a earring or a bangle or a or a, any, any other ornament for her that is important the shape and the name of the ornament is important from the goldsmith point of view it's everything is gold for him there is no problem whatever may be the shape the ornament takes right so like that we know when there no the reality we have no problem on that 
So for going forward, everyone who's, you know, still, you know, learning this and trying to understand it, this is really an important point, and it's come up several times in the conversation today. This conversation that we're having is not happening in the room in which you're in, and it's not happening in Clubhouse. So important for everyone to understand that. The conversation is happening non-locally. We're, we're misinterpreting it to, to mean that the conversation is happening in the room in which you're sitting right now or in the space called Clubhouse. And that's a misinterpretation of reality. The conversation is not happening either in the room nor in Clubhouse. And that's the essence of what Bindo just, you know, laid out for us. If there is a Vishnu Sanjeev has written something somewhere. Saguna and Nirguna. Saguna and Nirguna, what is the question? I didn't, I can't see that. Vishnu, why don't you come up and ask the question? He's asking if Brahman is different from matter itself. Brahman is different from matter. How can it be? I don't know why. There's, he's asked several questions. So. The different, so many questions he has asked. But that maybe is the good way to wind it up because that's how we started out. Sarvam Kalidam Brahma. That's, you know, matter. Yeah. So matter is Brahma. In today's lecture, if you want to, if you can go to the recording again, what it says is that Sarvam Kalidam Brahma. Everything what is seen here, observed, because Tajalan. Tajja talla tam talani is the because it is in the awareness the object appears. It is only when the awareness is that object can be remaining as an object. And when the object is gone, the object appearance in the name and form will go, but the awareness of the object cannot go. So when the when we are talking here is not talking of the awareness as an intellectual apprehension by human beings it is the nature in which the whole world is existing because the whole world is existing in consciousness pure consciousness or pure awareness and without awareness there is nothing which is possible to exist you can if you can name and exist anything existing outside consciousness is the challenge for that because the moment you mention it is unknown even that is unknown is within the knowledge that it is unknown so it cannot be something therefore everything sarvam kalu idam is indeed idam means what you call it as this brahma is brahman or satchitananda what the name brahman doesn't mean 
is Sanskrit word is Brahman is Brihatvad Brahma. That which can encompass everything is what is the word meaning of Brahma. Otherwise, it has no math, name of matter or you know is a, is a atomic or subatomic or quartz or either quantum entanglement or spring field or in, in you don't you name it because it is in awareness all these names and their explanations are existing and that substratum of awareness in which the names and the transaction not take place is what is brahman therefore we should understand when the word sarvam kalidam brahma is mentioned it is talking about that that consciousness in which everything can come up everything can exist and into which everything merges back that is why tajjalan the word is used in the tubanishad with that i think i'll take leave if there are no more questions and thank you all if you want to continue you can continue otherwise when you're winding up let i'll tomorrow i'll take the download that and there's post an it endless, to my youtube and an endless uh, supply of uh, questions as as jadaveda said there's the questions have no birth control so <laughs> it'll be lots of questions on friday yeah. for you and for all the questions raised by vishnuna in his own profile he has the answer whatever <laughs> his the description he has put it in his profile has all the answers <laughs> okay thank you bindu ji thank you very thank much you for your uh, time wonderful thank you thank you so good night see you all you. friday same 8:30 time i'll continue with the remaining shlokas or the the verses from the same the pdf which i posted above see you on friday good night good night good night good thank night. you thank you so much